picture it. It was midsummer 2018, and I was jobless. I was living at my mom's house at the age of 42 and sleeping on her couch. Not only was I living at my mom's house, I had my two younger children who were teenagers at the time also living with me at my mom's house. I had just gotten fired from a job that my little sister had given me after my oldest daughter had asked her to give me a job. And because I went on this job with animosity and was not doing what I had gotten paid to do, I got fired. So I am living at my mom's house, sleeping on her couch with my two younger children. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I had just had a conversation with one of my girlfriends. And in the conversation, you guys, we got to talking about the Bible and God. And she informed me that it says in the Bible that most people will get 70 years on this earth. 70 years on this earth. Here I am, 42 years old, broken, broke, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, because I had just gotten the second knee replacement. So here I am broke. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I was having a hard time replacing my negativity with positivity because I didn't see anything around me that was positive. I didn't feel as if life was positive for me. But what you think is who you become, right? So it finally came down to the point where I knew that if I did not find something, if I did not move myself forward out of the pit that I was in, if I did not get up and start doing something, I was going to die. I felt that suicide was waking me up every morning. Like, why are you still here? You know you do not want to be here. Suicide was tapping me on my shoulder in the afternoon as I'm laying on my mom's couch because I'm tired, quote, I'm tired. But I wasn't tired. I was depressed. I knew if I did not do something that I was going to take drastic measures. And these drastic measures were not going to end up good. So you guys, I couldn't find a job in Lackawanna, in Buffalo, where I'm from. I couldn't find a job that would pay me enough where I would be able to take care of my kids. Unfortunately, the job market for what I do is not really booming there. So I had to make a decision. What was my decision? I had to move out of state. I didn't have any money, you guys, but I had faith in myself. I had faith that if I put my mind to it, that I will be able to accomplish anything. 
So I set out with a plan. Start pushing your resume out to all of these states. I targeted certain states, Atlanta, North Carolina, Texas, Michigan. Um, I even targeted Delaware, which I had lived before. I just knew I had to do something. So I got on Indeed, I redid my resume and I started sending it out and I started getting hits. I started getting hits, you guys. All of these hits were for out of town. They were not for here where I was at home in Lackawanna, New York, in Buffalo. The first hits I got, they were in the state of Michigan. Michigan. I ended up getting three separate job interviews for the same company, three different positions in Michigan, you guys. The one job interview ended up being three separate job interviews for the one position. The last interview I had for this position, the hiring manager informed me, okay, we are going to set it up where you can fly into Michigan and we want you to interview for the day at our headquarters. That job, you guys, did not pan out for me. It did not pan out. It ended so positively, and I just knew I was going to go to Michigan. But it did not happen for me. And I was devastated. I was devastated. And for a second, I paused. I paused. And suicide and depression and anxiety had my hands tied behind my back. They had my hands tied behind my back, you guys. But I knew my whys. I knew I had to show my kids that I will be able to get up out of this mess that I had dug myself into. They were counting on me. What I realized, you guys, that even though my kids were older, I was still their role model. And the day I got fired and my son had to pick me up in his car and take me back to my mom's house where I was sleeping on the couch. The day that happened was one of the most embarrassing days of my life. My son was not even 21 years old yet, but he had managed to get a job, get himself his own car, and was on his way to getting his own apartment, you guys. He had to pick me up. So I knew with depression and suicide and anxiety trying to hold me back, they were tying my hands, bounding me, trying to keep me there. I knew I had to break out of that mess. And I did. I did. I stood at my mom's doorway of her bedroom and I'm talking to her. My mom telling me it's going to be all right. Is God just did not have that for you. There's another opportunity out there for you. And I took that message that my mom, yes, Sister Green, Sister Green gave me that message. I took that message that she gave me and I ran with it. You guys, everything that I had been going through, I used it as jet fuel. 
I used it as jet fuel to ignite the fire that God had put inside of me. He knew me to be somebody. I had yet to find out, but God knew me to be somebody. And instead of just stopping, I pushed my resume out more. So I'm sitting on the porch one day and I see this job in Chicago. And I said, oh, you know what? Let me just send it. I don't really want to go to Chicago. Like Chicago legit was really like the last place I wanted to be. But God, let me tell you, but God, okay? So about a week later, I'm sitting on the porch, you know, now anxiety and depression. They they still got one arm tied behind my back, but I got my other one. And that other hand that I'm that I have that's not tied, I'm using it to send out job resumes, okay? So this same job in Chicago pops back up. And something says, "Just call them. Just call the recruiter. Step out on faith and call the recruiter." And I did. The phone rang. Ring. Ring. On the second ring, you guys, he picked up. On the second ring, God knew that I had a chance. And he said, you are not going to Michigan. I'm sending you to Chicago. So I have this semi-job interview with the recruiting manager. And he said, well, I, I like your resume. You know, you're a perfect fit, but... I see that you are still in New York. Are you planning on moving to Chicago? So immediately I'm like, yeah. And I wasn't, you guys. I didn't plan on moving to Chicago. I didn't have any money. How was I going to get there, right? So I'm like, yeah, I'm planning on moving now. It's the middle of July. Yeah, it's like the middle of July at this point. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to move, you know, the first week of August because I'm, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, you're going to have to get some money to move. And you haven't even talked to your nephew who's in Chicago to, you know, so I have to get things moving before I actually move. So I tell him, yeah, I'm going to move, you know, at the beginning of August, give myself some time to get everything set up. He say, okay, so, um, update your resume with the Illinois address and send it to me. So I know my nephew's at work. It's like, 12 o'clock in the afternoon. So I called my sister-in-law and which is his mom. And I'm like, I need Calvin's number, Can his, his address, give me his address. So she, she sends it to me and I update my resume. Now, mind you, I have not talked to my nephew, you guys. So I update my resume, send it to him. He calls me and tells me not too much longer, not too much later that the manager that's hiring for this position was very interested and would like me to come and sit in the office and interview with them face to face on Tuesday. This is Thursday, you guys. I do not have a dime. As a matter of fact, you guys, I had just borrowed a dollar and some change from my mom to get me a Tim Hortons coffee. Okay. I don't have a dime. But God, but God, you guys, this was Thursday. I managed to get myself money for a train ticket and pocket money. I ended up having $350. Got myself an Amtrak ticket to Chicago. 
you guys, the train was running late. So I got off the train on Tuesday. My interview was for 11 o'clock. I got off the train, text my nephew that I was here. He was going to meet me in Union Station. I had to run off the train, wash my face, brush my teeth, get myself into my interview clothes because I had on sweatpants on this train. Stop, grab myself a bite to eat and run to the interview, you guys. Yes, I did. I got off the train and pretty much went into an interview and I landed the position. I landed the position, you guys. God had a plan for me and I had not saw it yet. I did not see what that plan was. I was trying to go somewhere else. But God said, no, I have a plan for you. I need you to go to Chicago. And that's where he sent me, you guys. So fast forward. A few months later, I'm in the position now. And I'm standing outside because I'm just filled with a lot of gratitude. And I'm just taken in the scene and looking at where God had taken me. And I happened to look down. You guys, what do I see? On the back of the building where I work is Michigan. I work on Michigan, you guys, but God, but God. God was pointing me in the direction of Michigan, you guys. But God said, you need to take your hands up out of the pot and let me do what I'm going to do for you. You jump out on faith. I'm going to make you soar. And he did. He pointed me. He showed me where he was taking me, you guys. He was taking me on Michigan to change my life. This person that you are hearing speak right now has changed her entire life. I am much better than I was over a year ago. My mind, you guys, has done an entire, a complete 360. And it is by the grace of God that I am still here, you guys. It is by the grace of God. He has worked wonders in my life. For every step that I take, you guys, God takes 50. With every action that I take, there is a positive, there is an instant action taken by God in my favor. What I have come to learn, you guys, in this journey that I am on, because it's continuing. I'm not where I know God wants me to be, but I am. I have opened the door, you guys. I have stepped into my purpose. And it has been a fantastic journey. I am embracing life. I am embracing every lesson that I learned, good and bad, because listen... God will let you knock your head 
He will let you get that big old bump upside your head so you can look at it and you can remember the lesson that he tried to show you. You guys, embrace your journey. Acknowledge the pain. Let it flow. And then let it go. You can't keep it closed up in a box because that's where it's going to do you the most harm. Embrace your journey. Just take the step. You have it in you. You just have to believe. When you start believing, you will see God more and more in your life. You don't have to go to church to see God. You don't have to go to church to feel God. You just have to believe in yourself. When you believe in yourself, you believe in God. I love you guys. I'm a little sick. I know you hear the head cold, but I just wanted to talk to you guys and let you know that this is a process. This is a journey and you can do it. Believe in yourself. You can do it. Love you guys. Hey, hey, you guys, welcome to another episode of Vet Green, where I will continue to unpack my life and go on this journey of self-awareness and self-love. You guys, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am praying that everyone is doing well out there. I know the state of the world isn't a panic, but you guys, we have to remain focused. There's a plan and we cannot deter or get off of that plan. We are on a journey right now, you guys. And yes, this coronavirus has everyone in a panic and things may seem very, very scary right now. But you guys, this is not something that is new. The coronavirus has been around for a while. If you look at a can of Lysol or a bottle of bleach, you may very well see that virus on there, the name of that virus on there. So this is not anything new. I do believe that, yes, there are a lot of cases, and this is probably something that they haven't seen in a long time or ever for this particular virus, though, you guys. Every few years, we have an outbreak of some kind. I think the thing with this is that we have access to more outlets to receive our information, and everyone is trying to get the latest information and scare you the most because it comes down to the bottom line, and the bottom line is money. It comes down to money, you guys, but the thing is the more hysteria they create, the more it affects our economy. We are all connected. Even though you may not be rich, you may not have the money, but any money that is in this world is all being circulated together and it is required that everyone works together. The minute one thing breaks, just like a car, if a, if something in your car breaks down, your car will not run. That's the same way the world is. I say it all the time. We are more connected than you believe we are. But we are. Everything runs together. And the media is creating this mass hysteria right now, I believe. Because at the end of the day, the more we watch 
the station that is showing the news, the more advertisers have access to us. You guys, we just have to be diligent about our hygiene. We have to make sure that we wash our hands when we leave the bathroom or we are taking a bath or we are, we, our hygiene is correct. You know, I mean, sometimes I'll be in the girls, in the girls, women's bathroom and ladies, come on. And you guys too, I know plenty of guys who go in the bathroom and because they don't think they're touching anything that's nasty, they don't want to wash their hands. Ugh, how nasty is that? I mean, come on, you guys, we got to use a little common sense here. We really do. We have to use a little bit of common sense and not get off this path. Right now, because the focus has changed a little bit, the, the, that doesn't mean our vision uh, of the goal, the, the result that we're trying to accomplish should change. We just have to find uh, another method. You know what I mean? So if right now, like, if you're affected, as far as your pay, the way you were getting your, your pay before, that means you just have to find another method. And I'm not saying go out there and do anything illegal. That Come on, you guys. Let's keep it real because I know sometimes some of us, the struggle is real, but we know how to survive. You know, I yeah, this is, I, I get it. I get it. But right now I'm talking about finding another method. Maybe there's... Um, Uber Eats, because a lot of people aren't going out to restaurants, so maybe you can work for Uber Eats or even Lyft and, and Uber themselves or even Instacart, you guys. We just have to have another method to obtain money if you are not in the capacity to be able to work from home and get paid. You know, I'm thinking about all these displaced workers right now. There's people in hotels that, you know, that if there's no one coming to these hotels, that means that the people who work for these hotels aren't going to have anybody to be of service to. And again, the bottom line is if there's no one in the hotels, the people who own these hotels are not going to just pay someone for not doing any work. That's what I'm saying, you guys. So... I'm drinking some water. If you guys could see me, you would see that I was just drinking some water. But I just want us to remain focused and do the research ourselves. Don't just believe what's going on on TV. All right. So, all right, you guys, love you much.